Homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. Today's session, I'd like to continue from the one that we started with, Why Sutta Meditations? And in this session, we'll be looking at why insight pathways, so these are the Jnanapathas, uh, sometimes translated as knowledge pathways, but also insight pathways or wisdom pathways. And in this session, what we'll cover is take a deep dive into what these Jnanapathas actually are and uh, how to unlock them from the suttas themselves or the various parts of the Buddha's teachings. And so we'll cover that. And in future uh, sessions, we'll also look at some examples of these insight pathways and to actually see how one can actually extract them and to actually meditate on them as well and the importance of that, particularly when it comes to breaking the, li the, the links of the Paticca Samuppada, so breaking the links of the dependent origination, that the Buddha says that due to a number of nutriments, uh, we create another birth. And so when you're able to break any one of those links of the uh, dependent origination, then you will not be bound to samsara. And so in small and large ways, the inside pathways actually show you how you do that. When you begin to meditate on the Buddha's teachings, particularly those that are very familiar with the Buddha's method of instruction, then you start to realize that when you go to the suttas and the discourses of the Buddha, whether he taught lay people or he taught monastics or Brahmins or wanderers, the Buddha actually had a particular way of teaching. And in a very broad way, it was always associated around kusala and akusala. And in order to develop insight or knowledge, one needs to know what to cultivate. And in both respects, whether it's the pathway of Akusala or the pathway of Kusala, when you meditate on either one, you start to develop insight because you actually see through causes and conditions or nutriment that one thing leads to another thing leads to another thing on the Akusala path, the unwholesome or unskillful path, versus the wholesome path, another thing leads to another thing leads to another thing which uh, gets a good outcome, uh, which is the Kusala path. So when you start to be able to see that, and it's quite evident that there's always two kinds of pathways in the suttas, then you're able to extract uh, the insight or knowledge pathway or wisdom pathway that is the Buddha's code. And in the bigger picture, you actually really see that Buddha is saying, because one thing is conditioned by another thing, a series of conditions, you see how you create this body or this birth. And through another series of uh, conditions, Buddha says, this is how you won't create another body or another birth. And that in itself is really, really precious. And so that is what you want to learn from someone who sees the method of instruction to be able to extract the code so then you can see for yourself by meditating on these sequence of, of steps really that okay this is the path uh, back to samsara and this is the path that leads you out of samsara to, to complete liberation. If we take the Buddha's Four Noble Truths as the first example of seeing Kusala and Akusala 
then you have the first noble truth, which is the noble truth of suffering, the second noble truth, which is the noble truth of the origin of suffering, and then you have the third noble truth, which is the noble truth of the cessation of suffering, and then you have the fourth noble truth, which is the noble truth of the way leading to the cessation of suffering. Now, as a whole, um, these are showing how do we create this birth and how do we not create this birth. So in a nutshell, the first two noble truths are really samudaya, the arising and uh, the return to samsara really due to craving and uh, because of that, um, because of this dependent origination, uh, ignorance conditions, uh, many things, and so you end up being reborn. And so you, when you're reborn, there's the whole mass of suffering again. But when you look at the third and fourth noble truths, this would be the uh, Niroda, or even in some cases it's Atangama. When you see this, then you actually see what doesn't uh, create another birth, what are the conditions that don't create another birth, so the ceasing of that uh, uh, pathway, and the means by which you would do so, which is the Noble Eightfold Path. And so this is the Kusala Path. And when you see that, you actually see, okay, the, these are the Buddha's instructions. And this is what he came up with after being requested by Brahma Sahampati to actually give a teaching so others could uh, find the way out for themselves. And when you see that in the first teaching of the Buddha, you realize, wow, this is really something that one can actually uh, do for oneself. And uh, really being able to find someone who can actually uh, expand on that. And so you'll see when we go through another few examples, uh, how you can extract um, a particular code. We'll look at dependent origination as well as a few other ones in brief and then at a later stage I'll go into more detail on some of these suttas. So we began with the Four Noble Truths and we'll take this a little further by looking at the path. So there's this sutta called the Sadhu Sutta and it's in the Anguttara Nikaya Numerical Discourses in Chapter 10 and it's Discourse Number 34. And in this the Buddha says, and what mendicants is not good? Wrong view, wrong intention, wrong speech, wrong action, wrong livelihood, wrong effort, wrong mindfulness, wrong concentration, wrong knowledge and wrong liberation. This is what is not good. And what is good? Right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration, right knowledge and right liberation. This is called what is good. So you take the uh, Noble Eightfold Path and you add on another two. And on the uh, unskillful side, you also have uh, <clears throat> the wrong path and you add on another two. So it's almost like this is the Tenfold Path in order to liberate. So as I was saying before, you often see what is Kusala and Akusala. So in this, the Buddha is saying, if you start off with the wrong view, then you get the wrong intention, the wrong speech, wrong action, wrong livelihood, wrong effort, wrong mindfulness, wrong concentration, and therefore wrong knowledge and wrong liberation. 
But in contrast, he then says, if you develop the right view, then you will have the right intention, right speech, action, livelihood, effort, right mindfulness, concentration, right knowledge and right liberation. And so this is a very easy example to see where Buddha makes the distinction. And then when you add on other teachings of the Buddha in order to refine the view, you really start to see this all come together and how to actually develop. But it's quite clear that uh, there's always a kusala and akusala pathway that the Buddha is sharing in order for you to know. And in cultivating either of those pathways, you actually develop insight because you see that uh, you will get a particular result. And uh, we'll see more of that in some of the other examples. Let's now look at the Kalaha Vivada Sutta, which is in the Sutta Nipata, Chapter 4, Discourse Number 11. And this sutta is important because it makes reference to uh, knowledge pathways or inside pathways, Jnanapathas. And the Mahanidesa, which is the commentary to uh, the Sutta Nipata, also gives us more about Jnanapathas, which is quite useful. So I've just extracted a couple of verses from the Kalahavivada Sutta. And it says, Satanga Satanti Yamahu Loke, based on what they say is pleasant or unpleasant in the world, Tamu Panisaya Pahoti Chando, desire originates depending on that. Rupesu Disava Vibhavang Bhavancha, having seen form ceasing and coming to exist. Vinichayang kubati jantuloke, a person makes a decision in the world. Kodo mosavajancha katangatacha, so anger, false speech, doubt, and etepi dhamma davaya these things also arise when that pairing exists. So that's the pairing of satang asatang, so what is pleasant or unpleasant. Katankati jnana pataya ya sike. One who is doubtful should train in the inside pathway. Nyatava pavuta samanena dhamma. The recluse having realized declared these things. So what these couple of verses are really saying is that we often base what we see in the world. We measure them as pleasant or unpleasant. So then tanha arises or chando in this case, desire. And it depends on that. So whatever we see as pleasant or unpleasant, our chanda, our desire originates from that. And then when we see forms coming uh, coming to exist or ceasing to exist, so when we see um, various people arising and then passing away, then we ourselves make a decision about what to do. But when we have... The next verse goes, when we have anger, we have uh, false speech and we have doubt, um, these are the things that arise because of sata, sata, the pleasant or the unpleasant, that due to our sway and also our ignorance towards um, this pairing, that always we are swayed between pleasant and unpleasant, then anger arises and false speech and doubt. And what Buddha means by that is really that we are bound to anger when we slide from pleasant. And false speech arises when you really understand false speech arises because 
we are unhappy basically we're unhappy that we have slid from happiness that what we took as pleasant we got some sweetness but then when it changed or it didn't last we couldn't hold on to it uh, we get unhappy and therefore we keep in a way lying about the situation we keep going for the sensual things the pleasant things and and are hopeful that it it isn't uh, going to slide again but then when it continues to slide, uh, the doubt arises. And so that's why Buddha is saying that with this pairing, the sequence of things we are bound to, but through ignorance, we can't see it. And so we keep going around in circles. So the Buddha says, if you have this doubt arise, that you keep going for what you want, but then every turn, it, it kind of... Uh, you start not getting what you want and in ultimate sense of course we want to live for as long as we want never to experience old age sickness and death but the doubt arises every time we meet uh, those truths then Buddha says train in the insight pathway and uh, the person the recluse uh, the person that has gone beyond who has realized these these truths then uh, they would declare that uh, this is how you practice and so that is essentially what the Kalaha Vivada Sutta is saying and it's very important to understand what this means and so what we'll do is we'll look into the commentary which is the Mahanidesa and see what the Mahanidesa has to say about these words so if we now go to the Mahanidesa particularly number 11 and this is the Kalaha Vivada Sutta Nidesa. It actually explains what the Buddha means by his words. And the phrase that we want to look at is the Katangati Nyanapataya Sike, which is one who is doubtful should train in the insight pathway. Now the Buddha speaks of training in insight pathways because he's actually realized or understood them for himself. And so when he instructs that uh, one should actually use the inside pathways if one is doubtful, it's coming from that direct insight. And so his method of instruction is actually through the suttas and discourses to actually point out these inside pathways. And it's quite precious when you actually see that. So what's stated in the uh, Kalahavivada Sutta Nidesa is that if one does not know because of one's lack of knowledge, this is not due to a fault in the teaching. So this is really saying that the Buddha's teaching is very complete and very precise. And therefore, if you lack knowledge or insight, it's not due to the Buddha's teaching. But then it goes on to say one should train in insight pathways that include three disciplines. The first is training in higher morality, so adisila, sika, so one's virtue is uh, higher. Secondly, it's training in higher concentration of mind or higher thought, so this is adichitta, sika. And then thirdly is training in higher wisdom, so this is adipanya, sika. And so the question that comes is uh, what what are these three things is there anything more explicit and of course the Mahanidesa actually goes on to explain this in more detail so in terms of training in higher morality 
This appears both in the Kalaha Vivada Sutta Nidesa, so uh, Mahanidesa 11, or also in the Guhataka Sutta Nidesa, which is in uh, Mahanidesa 2. And what it explains uh, in terms of training in higher morality is firstly, one is virtuous, so Sila Vahoti, one dwells restrained, Sangvara Sangvuto Viharati, and consummate in behavior and sphere of activity, Achara Kuchara Sampano. So these uh, first uh, three, you already are familiar with them when you go through the Sekapatibada Sutta, so the trainee's mode of progress, you actually see that. But essentially it's around our sila, our precepts, or in the case of monastics, it's the Vinaya or also the Padimoka. And particularly all our training around sense restraint and then understanding where we pasture uh, how we support and maintain our virtue. And then the fourth is seize danger even in the slightest fault. So anumatesu, vajesu, maya, dasavi. Now that one, you even see that uh, or something very similar to that fourth one in the Karaniyamitha Sutta that even the slightest fault you wouldn't do because uh, this is something that uh, one noble ones wouldn't do. And also because when you're cultivating metta, you're doing your best not to have any blemish that would prevent you from cultivating metta in all directions and to all living beings. And then the fifth one is having undertaken the training rules, one trains in them. Amadaya, Sikati, Sika, Padesu. And that really makes sense that you keep training, keep refining uh, one's virtue, one's morality. So this is the Adisila Sika. You actually see in the teachings of the Buddha throughout all the suttas actually always encouraging us towards Dasakusala, the ten skilled states, always encouraging us on the Noble Eightfold Path, which includes this Adisila. And in most, it's always correcting the view in order for us to have higher virtue. So this is something that if we're not aware of, it's actually very much part of the Buddha's teaching. Now, if you're learning to meditate without any uh, teaching on virtue, then there's something inherently missing in what's been taught to you. And it's very good to know that because without virtue, one, one cannot develop the path. Then we come to training in higher thought or concentration of mind, so Adichitta Sika. And there are a number of things that are listed uh, in the Mahanidesa. Firstly, secluded from sensual pleasures, Viviceva Kamehi, secluded from unwholesome states, Vivicha Akusalehi. And then one enters and dwells in the first jhana, Patama Jhana, Upasampaja, Viharati. One enters and dwells in the second jhana, Dutiyang, Jhana, Upasampaja, Viharati. One enters and dwells in the third jhana, Tatiyang, Jhana, Upasampaja, Viharati. And then lastly, one enters and dwells in the fourth jhana, Chatutang, Jhana, Upasampaja, Viharati. So quite clearly, in order to uh, concentrate the mind, in order to develop higher thought, um, one needs to be secluded from sensual pleasures, which is quite often always the 
thread of the Buddha's teaching, the emphasis is always to see sensual pleasures as quite dangerous and to and through seeing the danger to be able to see through them that they're not what we think they are. Sometimes we can uh, almost see them as a, you know how you have those lollies that are sour on the inside but sweet on the outside a bit like that that we're given sensual pleasures and they have this sweetness on the outside but once you start partaking and enjoying what you find is it's not uh, as you thought that it maybe it's bitter actually that's probably a, a way of looking at it and so don't be buddha saying don't be duped by these things for a number of reasons in the buddha's case it's always that it is subject to aging, it is unlasting, it's not what we think it is and it's not worth taking as me and mine, that it's not permanent happiness that we get from sensual pleasures. And then of course secluded from unwholesome states, these are the things that uh, are obstructive to concentrating the mind, obstructive to right intention, right view and all those sorts of things. And of course, our virtue would be compromised once we start to uh, socialize uh, rather than be secluded with sensual pleasures and un unwholesome states, the akusala. And of course, then the Buddha goes on to the four jhanas because this is something that naturally occurs. It's not something that that you actually have to strive for. People often misapprehend that the jhanas are something that you have to strive for. But it's really when you follow the Buddha's method of instructions, the jhanas naturally uh, take place. And that's because the causes and conditions of where you have placed the mind away from sensual pleasures and towards wholesome states rather than unwholesome states is when the mental absorptions actually take hold. And it's really because you're coming from right view, right intention, and all the the parts of the Noble Eightfold Path that are wholesome actions through body, speech and mind and therefore you get the right mindfulness and therefore the right concentration. So this is the training in the higher thought or concentration of mind. Then finally we have the training in higher wisdom, Adipanyasika. And in the Mahanidesa it says, one possesses wisdom that discerns arising and passing away which is noble and penetrative and leads to the complete destruction of suffering. So an easy way of understanding this is simply through the Four Noble Truths. And it's replicated in other suttas because the Buddha asks us to uh, contemplate the Dhamma in this way. But essentially, if you go back to the Four Noble Truths and what we were saying at the, at the start of this, the first two Noble Truths give you the arising of what creates this body and what brings us back into samsara. The second two noble truths, so three and four, are the things that lead to the passing away or the cessation um, away from samsara and towards nibbana. So that is what the Buddha is saying is noble and penetrative. That is the beginning of the Buddha's teachings. But when you go through the remainder of the Buddha's teachings throughout the Buddha's lifetime, you see exactly the same being replicated but in different ways as he's teaching lay people, monastics, brahmins, wanderers and so on and so forth. And it's always that encouragement to, between kusala and akusala. So if you can discern and start to extract the pathway that shows you the arising, 
then you see for yourself how you actually create this body and even in a everyday sense how you create suffering. Likewise, on the Kusala side, Buddha shows you how to cease that, how, how it, it, it's almost like this non-arising of that is really the Noble Eightfold Path. And you can see that in the ultimate sense of how not to create another body, how to actually attain Nibbana, as well as everyday life, how to create less suffering, uh, mitigate the suffering, because you can never fully remove suffering until you realize uh, full, full awakening. But you know how to mitigate it, and by understanding these uh, jnana patas, these insight pathways, which ultimately, as the Buddha says, are penetrative and will lead to the complete destruction of suffering, which is Nibbāna. So then the second thing is really one understands, as it really is, the Four Noble Truths. And so that is uh, spot on um, when you really see that. But it takes us more training in order for us to actually understand what is the Four Noble Truths. And that's why the other teachings of the Buddha really help that. And some of the examples of the insight pathways will, will show in more detail um, other ways that the Buddha gave to teach this, these truths. And then finally it says in the Mahanidesa, one understands as it really is the taints, their origin, cessation, and the way leading to their cessation. So with the taints you have Karmasava, so Asava means taints. Karmasava is the taint of sensual desire. You have Bhavasava, the taint of becoming. And then you have uh, Dityasava and also Avijasava. Sometimes you just have simply Avijasava, which is the taint of ignorance. But when you look at the four nutriments, it's broken into two, which is you get the dityasava, so the taint of views. If you look at it, the taints can be four, can be uh, put into three categories: so greed, hatred, and delusion. So karmasava, taint of sensual desire, falls into the greed path. The taint of becoming, bhavasava, falls into the dosa, the hateful path. And then you have the delusion path, the moha path, uh, both the uh, dityasava and the avijasava. So the taint of views and the taint of ignorance fall into the delusion path. And so what the Buddha is saying is when you develop this training in higher wisdom, you understand how uh, these taints are, arise. And then you also understand how to cease them, how to make them not arise. And then the path is always through the Noble Eightfold Path. And there are specific things that the Buddha says because the, the third knowledge, the third special knowledge that the Buddha talks about is really understanding how to uproot the taints. And that is uh, one of the most important parts of the teaching because when you meditate, you can easily meditate but not have any way of uprooting the taints unless you follow the Buddha's teaching. That meditation, calming the mind was around during the Buddha's time and pre-Buddha as well. But what the Buddha, what makes Buddha very unique as a teacher, very special as a teacher, is that he had the knowledge of how to uproot taints, which meant not coming back into any world, into any form or even to formless or um, to be reborn in even uh, lower realms or, or good destinations. And the uprooting of the taints is very key. 
And so when you see in the suttas that Buddha says this will lead to the uprooting of the taints, that is the most precious part of uh, the, the teaching, that it actually gives you that because that's the way out. And so that, that is how the Buddha explains um, higher wisdom and this is what the commentary has said about it. To complete our look at the Kalaha Vivada Sutta Nidesa, uh, just a, a few more uh, verses. So in this uh, particular section, um, it, it finishes off by saying that insight pathways leading to insight, knowledge of sense objects, wisdom arising together with Dhamma. And it says, just as the path of noble ones, pathway of noble ones, path of devas, pathway of devas, path of gods, pathway of gods, so too the insight pathways leading to insight, knowledge of sense objects, wisdom arising together with Dhamma. So when you read this, when you investigate this, you really see that these insight pathways lead to good destination and to Nibbana. So what it does is when you cultivate the insight pathway, you develop the insight and you develop uh, insight or knowledge into sense objects. You see them as they really are. You no longer can be duped by them. And so then wisdom arises together with the Dhamma. And this is the path of noble ones, that this is the same pathways that the noble ones, the ones that have gone before us have walked, have contemplated and realized, have meditated on. It is also the pathway of devas and the pathway of gods, that they too, who have reached good destination, have also contemplated in this, in this wholesome way, have actually realized in this wholesome way, and therefore have abandoned unskillful ways, unwholesome ways, and have developed this adi sila, adi chitta, adi panya. So they've developed the virtue, the higher virtue, the higher thought or concentration of mind, and they've also developed the wisdom. And so this is essentially just completing that, that for us to actually do the same, this is what we must do. And therefore, that's why we say, it's really good to be able to find someone who can unlock the Buddha's code to be able to extract the inside pathways for us because as sakers, that's what we need to do. And in doing so, then we too also learn the, the Buddha's method of instruction and to be able to free ourselves through that by being able to unlock that code for ourselves, see the mechanics of how this... Uh, this form comes to be and then to know how not to make it come to be because if we realize fully the first noble truth the first noble truth of suffering we realize that it's not what we thought it was and if we keep in samsara then it will be more of the same if not worse and if not bound to samsara for countless rebirths so I'd just like to quickly go through a few examples and I won't go through in great detail because I'll leave that for another time because some of these suttas are very good to go through in more detail because they actually help to uh, develop the path and more so some of these suttas uh, go even to a higher degree to help us to actually break the links in the dependent origination, the Paticca Samuppada, because that's what we want to do. We want to be able to 
cut the cord of what makes us keep coming back. And that's the formula that the Buddha gives. And then to uproot the taints once we really see that or unshackle ourselves from the fetters. And so let's look at the Samadhi Bhavana Sutta. And this is in the Sangyutta Nikaya, which is the, the linked discourses. And this is the one on concentration. And really, um, there's two slides on this. The first one is what actually uh, brings you back to birth. And the second one is the other pathway that doesn't bring you back, that ceases that process. And so in this sutta, the Buddha talks about the five aggregates of clinging. So it talks about form, feeling, perception, volitional formations, and consciousness. And the meditation is actually to go through each of the five aggregates and to actually see how one firstly uh, creates another form, feeling, perception, volitional formation, and consciousness. And the other way is how you cease to do that. And so the formula, when you can extract it, and it's simply looking at these words. So I'll read this out. It says, and what because is the origin of form? So I'm just looking at form here. Here because one seeks delight, one welcomes, one remains holding. And what is it that one seeks delight in? What does one welcome? To what does one remain holding? One seeks delight in form, welcomes it, and remains holding to it. So the important Pali words here are Abhinandati, which is seeks delight, Abhiwadati, one welcomes verbally, and Ajosayatitati, one remains holding. And so as a consequence of this, delight arises. Delight in form is clinging. With one's clinging as condition, existence comes to be. With existence as condition, birth. With birth as condition, aging and death. Sorrow, lamentation, pain, displeasure and despair come to be. Such is the origin of this mass of suffering. So on the right, I've depicted the insight pathway. And it essentially is these steps. One seeks delight, then one welcomes, then one remains holding, then, one, then delight arises. So this is Nandi. Then clinging arises, which is Upadana. Then existence comes to be, which is Bhava. Then you have birth. Because of bhava, bhava, you have birth, which is jati, then aging and death. So this is jara maranang. And then you get sorrow, lamentation, pain, displeasure and despair. So that is one example of the insight pathway. From the same sutta, the opposite of that is the passing away of form. So that means the cessation of the whole mass of suffering. So here it says... Um, and what because is the passing away of form? Here because one does not seek delight, so nabhinandati. One does not welcome, nabhiwadati. One does not remain holding, nabhiwadati. And what is it that one does not seek delight in? What doesn't one welcome? To what doesn't one remain holding? One does not seek delight in form, does not welcome it, does not remain holding to it. As a consequence of this, Delight in form ceases, with cessation of delight comes cessation of clinging, with cessation of clinging, cessation of existence, cessation of birth, then aging, and death ceases, and then you get to the cessation of the whole mass of suffering. So this is the kusala path, and when you meditate on it in this way, by taking form as your example, then you can actually start to see and break um, the pattern of how we keep coming back 
And so this is the example of the opposing uh, inside pathway. And what one does is in the Samadhi Bhavana Sutta, you meditate on both. And I think I won't go into more detail here, but that gives you the example of how the Buddha teaches just in one sutta, how you can uh, detach yourself from the process of arising and actually get onto the pathway of non-arising, the cessation. Another example is the Vija Sutta. So this is on ignorance. That's in the Anguttara Nikaya chapter 10, verse 61. And in the Avija Sutta, it talks about two things. The Kusala side is about Jnana Vimukti, so knowledge and liberation. And on the Akusala side is talking about ignorance. And what keeps um, us coming back to countless rebirths is ignorance. Ignorance ignorance is the one that kicks off even the Paticca Samuppada, the dependent origination. But this particular sutta talks about the different nutriments that feed uh, ignorance. And it goes backwards through so you actually see what it starts with. And the Buddha gives you this, this thing. So... Uh, the sutta says, I say because that ignorance has a nutriment and not to read out the whole thing, but it says that five hindrances is the nutriment for ignorance. Then it says three kinds of misconduct is the nutriment for the five hindrances. Then non-restraint of the sense faculties is the nutriment for the three kinds of misconduct. And then uh, lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension is the nutriment for non-sense restraint. And then uh, unwise attention is the nutriment for the lack of mindfulness and clear comprehension. Then lack of conviction or faith is the nutriment for unwise attention. And then lack of, uh, like not hearing the true Dhamma is the nutriment for lack of conviction. And then you find at the start of it all, not associating with good people is the nutriment for not hearing the true Dhamma. So when you meditate, so this is the extraction on the right of the knowledge pathway, you actually see that if you start by hanging out with the wrong people, so people that are not in Dhamma, not uh, knowing the truth, not walking the Noble Eightfold Path, then you're not going to hear the true Dhamma. You're actually going to be negligent and uh, unmindful and and cultivating unwholesome things most likely therefore there's no opportunity for conviction or faith in the buddha's teaching to arise because you haven't actually heard it when that happens you have unwise attention you don't see the perversions in our view that rather than cultivating the right view you have these perversions or these misapprehensions about form about feeling about volitional formations and perceptions about consciousness and definitely about the nutriments. So what happens is you have unwise attention. Because of that, you lack mindfulness. You don't remember what is going to help you to correct your view and therefore you don't have clear comprehension about the truth of samsara. As a result of that, you won't see the danger and so you won't restrain the sense faculties. And because of that, you will keep going towards sensual pleasures. And as a result, that leads to uh, the, the three kinds of misconduct, which are misconduct through the body, misconduct through the speech, and then misconduct through the mind. So basically, dasa akusala, the ten unskillful states. And what does that lead to? Buddha says that it leads to the five hindrances. And so when you're bound up in the five hindrances, the mind can't concentrate, the mind can't see through to the truth, 
and therefore you keep uh, you keep feeding more in ignorance and so that binds you to samsara then in the same sutta the buddha then goes through the kusala path and essentially it's the complete opposite with an extra step and it starts with you know associating with good people so when you associate with good people you hear the true dhamma when you hear the true dhamma then you develop uh, more conviction in the buddha's teaching more faith and confidence then you have wise attention because through that hearing of dhamma and having the confidence having practiced the buddha's instructions then wise attention means that you see the perversions and so you actually correct them when they arise so you see fair you don't see fair in the foul you don't see uh, you don't keep uh, grasping for happiness when there is pain and you also uh, don't take me and mine in the not me and mine you actually reassign the value and then also you actually see unlastingness rather than lastingness and so that's the wise attention you're correcting that view and you actually correct it through right view and if you have that then you have mindfulness and clear comprehension and because of that you would see danger you would restrain the sense faculties in order to uh, walk on the noble eightfold path and because of that you would have dasa kusala which is the 10 skilled states which fall into the categories of the three kinds of good conduct when you do that rather than developing the five hindrances on the akusala path you actually start to develop the four establishments of of mindfulness the satipatthana because you actually have cultivated the fertile ground for that when you start to do that then you activate the seven factors of enlightenment the bojangas and clearly if you follow the buddha's teachings that will definitely happen because buddha gives meditations instructions in order to activate the bojangas when that happens then you're on the path that leads to true knowledge and liberation so jnana vimukti so clearly you can see like just in the avijja sutta again buddha gives two types of pathways one that cultivates kusala and one that cultivates akusala and there are ways of learning to meditate in this way and so this is a brief summary of it but at a later stage we can go into more detail about even this avijja sutta so far we've seen a, a few suttas that actually show us that mostly in all of them uh, you are developing the higher virtue and the higher thought and the higher wisdom by cultivating that path that one really needs to investigate the dhamma in one's mind like the buddha doesn't teach that one needs to make the mind stop uh, as your main goal what buddha actually instructs as his method of instruction is a sequence of steps insight steps that says if you contemplate sequentially these steps then naturally the mind will stop because you can't make the mind stop the mind actually uh, is a thinking process and so buddha uses thinking and contemplation and investigation of the dhamma as a way to calm the mind so if you're doing meditations that are actually saying stop the mind stop the mind just stop the mind it doesn't work like that and it's really important to actually understand how the buddha actually teaches particularly if you are interested in buddha's teachings if you're interested in other teachings then this is probably not for you 
But if you're genuinely interested in Buddha's teachings and what Buddha says to cultivate the mind, to develop it, to uh, fully train it, to make it its vehicle, to actually, at the end of the day, fully perfect the training, then this is what one needs to really look at. So uh, in doing so, always keep in mind that these inside pathways are around higher virtue, adisila, are around higher thought or concentration of mind, adichitta, and finally, of course, about adipanya, because where you get to by refining one's sila, one's virtue, by following the steps in, in terms of coming to this higher thought or concentration of mind is where you, where it always leads is the adipanya, the actual wisdom path. So people often uh, talk about Buddha's wisdom path and it truly is if you contemplate in the right way because where you get to is those aha moments, the ah, I see, aha, wow. And that's where you get to in the meditation, deep inside when you start to penetrate both the Akusala path and the Kusala path. Because in the Akusala path, you see the formula, the mechanics that the Buddha is showing us of how did I how did I do this again and again and again. And then the the other pathway, the Kusala pathway is ah, now I know the steps to not do it again. And when you keep training on it, then you start to break. The, the the links, you start to unshackle yourself from the fetters, you start to uproot the taints. And so this other sutta that I wanted to go through is the Paticca Samuppada Sutta, which is in the Sangyutta Nikaya, chapter 12, discourse number one. And this whole chapter actually, um, chapter 12, actually looks at the Paticca Samuppada dependent origination. So again, I don't want to go into too much detail because we can come back to this sutta in more detail at a later stage. But if you're familiar with the Paditya Samuppada, then you know that Buddha talks about how we are conditioned uh, to come back to this whole mass of suffering because of various conditions. So Buddha says ignorance as condition, with ignorance as condition, volitional formations come to be. With volitional formations uh, as a condition, consciousness comes to be with consciousness as a condition name and form come to be with name and form as a condition the six sense bases come to be with six sense bases as condition contact with contact as condition feeling with feeling as condition craving with craving as condition clinging with clinging as condition existence with existence as condition birth with birth as condition aging and death sorrow lamentation pain displeasure and despair come to be such is the origin of this whole mass of suffering this is called dependent origination so when you look at this dependent origination it can seem really daunting but essentially it's an all it is is an insight pathway it shows you how we come to be and how we create this whole mass of suffering so if you know how to break any of these links then you have actually stopped coming back to this whole mass of suffering that's the beauty of it and you know quite often people try to break it uh, at the beginning through volitional formations through consciousness but it's actually quite a difficult place to to break the link it's actually probably easier to actually break it further down maybe through contact maybe through feeling maybe through craving but like when we were going through the samadhi 
Bhavana Sutta briefly before, the Abhinandati, Abhiwadati, Ajasayatitati is really where craving arises. And so when you understand that particular meditation, it's a way of actually breaking that link at the craving level. So you don't come back to clinging. You don't come to existence again and then birth doesn't arise and aging and death and, and the whole mess of suffering. So uh, we can go into this in more detail at a later stage, but that's just an example of, you know, how do we create this body again? And it's the Akusala path. But then in the same sutta, the Buddha goes on and shows, you know, the cessation path. And actually the other sutta that uh, is quite useful for looking at this is the Upanisa sutta, but I haven't included it in this slide pack. But clearly what the Buddha is saying just by this one in the, the Dependent Origination Sutta is that if you cease ignorance, then you cease volitional formations, sankharas. If you cease volitional formations, then you cease consciousness. And it goes on, you cease name and form, you cease... Uh, the six sense bases, you know, basically this is saying if you cease that, then you don't create, you know, ear, eyes, nose, tongue, body, and this whole, you know, five aggregates. And therefore you cease contact, feeling, craving, clinging, existence, and therefore you cease birth. Therefore you cease aging and death, and then the whole mass of suffering again. So at any point, if you break any of these links, then you break uh, birthing again and so that's what's probably most important about this inside pathway but because we can't clearly see how to break these links the Buddha teaches us in other suttas also how to do it and uh, that is what is quite precious about being able to extract the code you can actually link many many suttas and the inside pathways of that suttas back to this particular sutta that uh, this is where you break the link. And so that's quite helpful to see as well. I think that's where we'll leave it with the examples for now. Uh, we'll look at more examples in future parts. But I just wanted to round off our conversation by revisiting something I included in part one, which was the Buddha's miracle of instruction. So we looked at the Kevada Sutta, which was in the longer discourses, Diganikaya, discourse number 11. And Buddha was talking to Kevada about three types of miracles, the miracle of psychic abilities, the miracle of telepathy, and the miracle of instruction. And in this, he actually confirms to Kevada that the miracle of instruction is the superior one because it leads to the cultivation of the Noble Eightfold Path, that the danger with the first two kinds of miracles is really that you can't actually find your way out by by these methods that there is no actual insight developed and so it's dangerous and in actual fact one should reject it uh, over the miracle of instruction because really this Anusasani Patiharyang is about instructions as we've spoken about today that Buddha says if you consider it this way and don't consider it in that way then you gain this and that is what you should persevere in that if you understand what you shouldn't cultivate because it leads ultimately to coming back into another birth, another rebirth, then you won't want to persevere with that. But when you see what the Buddha points to, which is the Kusala path, the one that leads towards Nibbana, then that's what you will 
persevere in because you would gain from that. You would gain either towards a good destination or to completely uh, liberate oneself. So it's really good to see that when we start to understand the Buddha's code, that through the inside pathways, that we actually develop correctly the right view and therefore the Noble Eightfold Path, then what happens is then we develop the right um, knowledge and therefore the right liberation. So that's very, very important towards uh, learning how to med meditate and cultivate and train in the Buddha's teaching. The final slide uh, of this uh, session is really going to be something that we've seen before in part one, which is the Udaya Sutta, and it's in Anguttarnikaya number five, Discourse 159. And the Buddha was having this conversation with Venerable Ananda about it not being easy to teach or share Dhamma to others and that the person needs to have five qualities and what i wanted to draw out was the first two in relation to inside pathways jnanapathas because the first one is that it's a step-by-step anupubim uh, that it's sequential and gradual is really what you can take from that and i think the best way is to strictly follow the Buddha's teaching as closely as possible because I think there's less risk because you can see in the Buddha's inside pathways a sequence there is a step-by-step -step. and so when you learn the Dhamma share the Dhamma practice the Dhamma one should really follow as closely as possible because if we make up our own steps then the insight may not actually develop correctly that we might veer off into the wrong view and therefore the wrong practice so that's the first thing and then the second one is that uh, one sees the method of instructional study and this is pariyaya dasavi and really this is taking to heart what we've been through in this session that when you really start to see the code when you really start to see the mechanics of what the buddha is trying to uncover for us the kusala and the akusala you really start to know for yourself how to extract these steps this method of instruction and that's where you want to get to you don't want to rely on another person for the remainder of this journey you might go and access different people who see the method of instruction in order to make sure you have it right in order to be able to discuss and and compare notes maybe but essentially this practice is that one you need to investigate for yourself after seeing the method of instruction and really part of this is the encouragement to respect the buddha's teaching to respect the method of instruction because the more we respect and honor it the more we practice to realize it and to see for ourselves that it works the more that the blessings of the practice come and for the remainder of our lives we can mitigate some of this suffering but ultimately what we want to do is remove from the whole mass of suffering and to help others to do so as well and the the other parts of the Udaya Sutta are very important as well but I won't go into it because really I just wanted to re-emphasize the first two steps in order to lend support for the Jnanapathas and, and the method of, of Buddha's instructions. Let's share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free from suffering. May all beings find safety. Blessings of the Triple Gem to all of you.
wishing you all well. Peruan Saranai.